This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Well, welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined in Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How was your weekend? It was good. Um, we had a massive electrical storm last night. It was so amazing. Shook the house and, uh, you know, one of those magic moments where you where you're reminded how incredibly powerful nature is. And your nature your... in your your nature in your garden's doing very well. It is, yep. Our, um, we have managed to uh, rescue four of our fertilized eggs um, that um, our chicken didn't destroy. I made a mistake and put them under her while she was awake and so then she tried to sort out which were the eggs that weren't hers. So we're down to uh, four chickens potentially now, which is not great. And who are we introducing today? Today it is my honour and privilege to introduce Ronnie Drury from the United States of America. Um, He and I started talking to each other years and years ago when he was looking for some feathers for his uh, traditional um, clothing, costume, um, he is a Native American uh, and, and an absolutely beautiful human being. And it has been a real privilege to get to know him over the years. And today is the first time we've actually had a, a one-to-one conversation. <laughs> it's always been by chat. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Welcome, Ronnie. Where are you, Ronnie? I am uh, in Lynchburg, Virginia, United States. And we call we called the our families during lockdown our bubbles. How is your bubble going? <laughs> well, uh, you know, in the beginning, you know, we had you know problems of people just wanting to conform and uh, and try to be the uh, solution and not the problem. Uh, but it, it's been a trying thing to try to get everybody on board. Uh, but I see a lot more uh, people coming together now, and uh, especially after the election, or during the election, you know, I worked the polls for 18 hours. I was I was at the polling area, and uh, and I and it was the hardest 18 hours. Uh, my feet were blown by the time I got home at night. <laughs> so I saw a lot of people that were, you know, had you know was uh, social distancing, uh, doing the polling area, and um, Wearing PPE and and so that that uh, that helped out a lot to uh, kind of get the fear out of some people um, of how to uh, approach the polling area. And how are things going in Lynchburg? Lynchburg is doing you know fairly well. We, you know we're just like most most localities where you know you've had some influx of uh, of the COVID and. Uh, you know, the United States uh, has had not a good record as far as, uh, you know, of the uh, infection disease uh, spread. So uh, we're just, you know, now we're turning a curve here now, and uh, we've got uh, some new leadership coming in, and thank uh, the Lord for that. And <laughs> just wanting some different directions now, and you know, I think it'll be a, a great new direction and to uh, unify our country back to where it was at one time. Is working on the on the polling booths, is that something you've always done? 
Oh, uh, no, sir. Uh, I, this year was my first time actually working the polls. Uh, I did a primary once, and then um, then I decided I wanted to do the polls. It, it was that important for me to be there, to be part of that system, to make sure that that things were, uh, you know, and just the part of just learning the process of it and how it actually worked. And I just wanted to be not just an observer. I want to be. I wanted to be a part of that, and it meant uh, very much to me, very, very much. So, what sort of what were you actually doing? My job was. Uh, well, uh, I worked the the machine that uh, actually took the uh, voting uh, ballot into and uh, uh, recorded them and. Um, I made sure that they, you know, they would, that it was taken. Some, you know, we had a few that rejected, uh, had to have, you know, some people to redo them. And I had to, uh, you know, I couldn't tell them how to do it other than just to tip, just kind of explain to them that they had missed, uh, marking too many people. We had, I had several people that had marked, uh, like, uh, three candidates in one box. And I said, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, all in all, you know, I just kind of just you know, watched things and made sure that everything was done correctly. And uh, so I, I stayed there for those uh, for those uh, 18 hours. I hit the floor at 3.30 that morning, and uh, and when I got to the polling area, it was quarter to five. And from quarter to five that morning until 9 p.m. is when I walked in my door at my home. And... Uh, and I learned a lesson. I, I, you know, I love my penny loafer that I, you know, and uh, that kind of predates me. But, uh, but I learned that I can't wear them for uh, for that many man hours. I should have had my penny <laughs> Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Eric Clapton. Wonderful tonight. Why this one? Uh, I've always. Uh, I'm a child of the 60s. I, you know, I come up in the 60s and uh, Eric Clapton and, and Cream and all, you know, and Blind Faith and all what he was in and uh, Derek and the Dominoes, uh, all that. Eric's always been a, a great uh, guitarist and, and singer for me. I've seen him twice in concert. So that song really uh, says a lot. Uh, it's kind of a message to anyone that you love. And so, you know, I'm all about that and um, just showing uh, love and respect for someone that you care about. So wonderful tonight is like a like a uh, a song to like I said to someone that you really love.
for that yesterday I dug out the Unplugged CD I listened to the Unplugged Eric Captain mm-hmm. Unplugged last night I like that a lot right yeah yeah so when you're when it's not during the election what do you do in Lynchburg well right now I just uh, retired uh, I had 25 years working for uh, TV3 pharmaceutical company and I uh, just retired be uh, two years come December and uh, but other than that, you know, I, uh, I do volunteer work for uh, Meals on Wheels, which is uh, is an organization that, you know, uh, tries to help out uh, in retirement homes and, and places like that and uh, people that live in uh, an apartment like. And we take we take meals to them. And so I I do that about, uh, you know, probably for four times a month. And uh, so it's, it's a it's a. It's sad because I can't see my people now, you know, and I miss I miss seeing my my young seniors, I call them, and I miss seeing them. So all I can do now is just take it to the door, and I have to leave. And uh, but yeah, I do that, and uh, and then other than that, I I, I go to uh, Native American powwows here in uh, in mostly I stay kind of close to my state of Virginia right now, but uh, I used to go to. Uh, I've been up in New York. I've been in uh, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, <clears throat> South Carolina, like that. But now with the with the pandemic, you know, all all the powwow gatherings have been canceled. So I've I've really missed out on uh, participating and dancing at them. Mawera was talking about hunting for feathers. Is that a is that a thing you do? Well, I had put a uh, one, one of my outfits that I have um, my headdress that I wear. It's based upon on the uh, Mandan Hidatsi people, uh, of dog soldiers. And um, the feathers that, that I used in my headdress were of a like a hybrid turkey. Uh, it's really hard for me to find those now. When I put my when I put it together, I had ordered some from a uh, trading post here in the United States, but they stopped carrying it. So I've been having a really hard time trying to find feathers for that, that headdress because uh, the, the tips of those uh, turkey feathers are white tips. And I can't, I can't you know, use the, uh, the turkey feathers that, that are here in Virginia. They're different. And uh, <clears throat> I found her and, and then we, you know, corresponded a few times about trying to get some feathers for me. So, yeah, I just, uh, uh, I, I love that headdress and uh, I've had it for probably over 25 years and uh, it's hard to believe I've you know done that but yeah I've got some pictures on Facebook of, of my outfit and stuff but uh, I tell everybody that I'm in disguise right now <laughs> because when I'm when I'm dressed out that's who I really am. So I know very little about Native American regions and and tribes who do you affiliate with? Well, uh, I dance in honor of the, of the Monacan people here in Virginia, um, and also uh, a tribe that was here at one time called the uh, Pomotoc Indians, and they were uh, 
Oh, it was a lot of tribes here in Virginia when first contact, you know, and uh, a lot. And uh, but right now, you know, we've got uh, seven federally recognized tribes in the state of Virginia. And uh, so, yeah, so, you know, some of the some, most of the tribes have have their power gatherings. And uh, so I, I, I try to go to most of them. Uh, there's two of them that I, I just love to go to. One of them is the Monica tribe, which I've been a, I've been with them for <clears throat> many years, dancing and competing. Uh, I, I you know I've competed. I've you know I've placed in, in competition stuff in my category, which is a, a men's traditional dancer. But uh, I'd rather go to a powwow where it's not you know really competition because it, it's it's a lot more uh, friendly, uh, sort of speaking. You know, the, the animosity between the dancers is not as much, you know. So you you it, the friendship thing is the closeness and all it's really better that way. I like that. You can kind of relax and just do your own thing, you know. That's such a great term you said you dance in honor of. Oh yeah. My outfits are uh I'll, I'll say that. I'm glad you mentioned that. My outfit is based upon my dad. Most of most of my outfit if you look if you see pictures of it, it is honor of my daddy. And uh he was a World War Two veteran from the, he was in the army Air Corps before the army and the Air Corps separated. So my shield is his actually his emblem of his outfit. My moccasins are beaded with his uh, emblem on it and his in his right in his uh, regiment on the side of my shoe is beaded. Um, everything that I have on me that I'm that I, I wear has a meaning behind it. And more, and probably the same thing goes for uh, your tribal people of your country too. You know, they make things that have a meaning behind it. Don't you know? You don't just make something just to have it. You got to have it with some meaning behind it. So, uh, over ninety percent of my my outfit uh, has a meaning behind it. It either represents one of my children or my mother. I carry my mother with me now that she has crossed over. And also my father that has crossed over. I carry them in, into the dance circle with me each time. So my outfit is is based upon my family. Has the the the, the culture survived? The culture has uh, is starting to pick up a little bit more. Uh, you know, and I I've been in, involved with the uh, youth some years back, uh, and I'm not as the saying goes blowing my horn, but um, I worked with the Monican children uh, for years. I, I raised money for them for over 27 years uh, for their scholarship fund. And one of the one of the greatest moments I ever had was I saw I actually saw one of the, the young boys that I actually I made him I gifted him. Let me say this: I gifted him my bustle that I wear on the back of me, and it's a it's a big thing of color. It's called a bustle. And uh, I gifted him my bustle because I, I saw his spirit and I felt him and I knew he, he was sincere. But, uh, you know, and, and I saw him go to college and uh, and he and he uh, was able to use some of that money that I had raised for, like I said, over 27 years to, to, to promote uh, education for the tribes of, uh, and this particular one, the Monica tribe. And uh, I done an 11 mile hike. Uh, on the Blue Ridge Parkway here um, in the beginning, raised money. I suffered the next day for that hike, but it was, <laughs> it was good. But yeah, it's very special. And it's 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 like it's thriving in terms of the the, the children are engaging and and yes, more. I'm seeing more and more children involvement. The greatest uh, gift that I can receive, and sometimes I get a little emotional about it because when you're standing there. And you see all these young people come out in their outfits to dance. Uh, you 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 feel good about it because you know that that's the, that's where the history is. That's where you got to be at. That's where you got to teach them, and for them to carry on and to to make it more uh, appealing to others to, to to join them and not think it's a, a fad. It's actually you know history that's going to get lost if they don't uh, learn it now. So when I see the young ones come out. And they and they participate in the dancing. It you know it it's it's more than just a dance. You know it's their it's their it's their blood that they'll feel. And I and I tell anyone, I told them, I said, you know, take care of your stuff that you have. You know, respect everything that you carry with you because it has a meaning behind it. And also, you know, when you when you when you hear that drum start, and you feel your blood start to surface, 
you know where you're at. So, you know, dance for your people and honor your people that has paved the way and uh, paid the price for you to be where you're at today. Does the, again, exposing how little I know about how things are working there, does does the tribe run things like education and healthcare? Uh, they, they try to educate as much as they can. Um, they don't have their own schools anymore. They did have uh, schools at one time, I'm gonna, uh, and I'm going to have to sh- shorten that up because there's a long story behind that, that that really needs to be told. But at one particular time, no Indian child in the state of Virginia could attend any public schools. Uh, they weren't allowed to go to a black school, nor could they go to a, a white school until 1964 or 65, when the civil rights movement started. And then um, they could, then they they could go to a public school. Uh, but before that, they had to be taught wherever they could. So a lot of the tribes built little schools and uh, taught the children the best they could. And they uh, it was actually against the law in the state of Virginia for a school teacher to go to one of those children's schools to teach them. And uh, uh, they could be they could be they could lose their job and they could be they could be fined and they could be jailed. And uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of them didn't, was unable able to go to school that much. Some of the, uh, uh, I'm just speaking for the, uh, the Monica tribe in Virginia, you know, I do know about the Episcopalian church that was there. They, they built a, a, a two room log cabin and that's where they taught the children. And, uh, the Episcopalians came there to teach them some. And they had a couple of teachers that would leave the public school and come there in defiance and, uh, teach those children. But, they really got into a lot of trouble for that, but yeah, the education, the the healthcare, um, that's still that's probably in the works right now with the federal recognition thing that's just going to happen uh, here recently. Um, so as a as of right now that I know of, uh, there's not really uh, a separate healthcare for them right at this moment that I know of, other than just the governmental stuff. Is it recognized as a? independent or ha- having some level of self-governance yes they will be yes it's just uh right now it's they just trying to get everything lined up because uh you know they went from state uh, recognized tribes which they didn't really fall under too many programs or now that when they thought they jumped when they uh were given federal recognition that that throws them into another category of um a different different programs and uh so, you know, they're just working out the analysis right now of uh, what they should do, how they're going to move from this point on. It sounds as though the – stresses to me the importance of things like those – things like the dance as as holders of that that essence if things like health and education are, are so difficult or, you know, it sounds as though they're putting up as many barriers as they can think of to educating – Mohican kids, well, they were. It shows how the culture can be held together by those yeah. the, those dancers and things. Yeah, well, that and, and that's another that's another form of that too, sir. Is that you take you take these power off, and, and if you if you put it into a, the same uh, scenario as a family gathering, because that's basically what it is. Uh, it's, it's families coming together, and um, and they're not only just uh, dancing; they're educating one another. And uh, so it's it kind of a little bit of passing the torch, as they say, from uh, from the from the elders to to the young ones. So uh, you can, as a dancer myself, uh, and as long as I've been dancing, you can feel the spirit of these children and these young ones uh, and see where where they're at. And uh, and so when I when I feel that from an individual, be it a male or female. I will approach them and I will tell them, you know, they, sometimes they'll come to me and they'll ask me, what do you think, uh, you know, what style do you think I should be dancing and all? And I said, you know, it, you've got to feel what your heart wants you to do, you know, listen to your heart, listen to your inner spirit. That's going to tell you what style you want to be, you know, wh- whatever your spirit speaks to you, that's where you want to be at as a dancer, because what you're doing, you're honoring your family, keep that in mind, that, that you're not just dancing for yourself, you're dancing for your people that once was. You, you say that the, the spirit will guide them to the, the style of dance. What are the options? What, what sorts of styles are we talking about? 
Well, it's different styles for men and different styles for women. You got you got what I what my style is is, is a northern traditional dancer. Uh, you got uh, what you call straight dancers. You got uh, grass dancers. Uh, you know, and you got women's uh, buckskin, women cloth, uh, women's jingle, uh, women's fancy, men's fancy. It's it's all it's a lot of different uh, categories that that has been brought. Uh, up during the years of uh, many years of powwows, which really started out west and then just kind of worked its way across the United States and to the East Coast and all. And uh, so it all depends on what your spirit that you feel speaks to that you that you're drawn to. And I and that's where that's where the, the truth comes in. And that's why I try to tell you know I tell them I say, you know listen listen to your listen to your soul. Because your soul is going to tell you where to go with that, so it, it will speak to you. And what's the music like? Uh, well, the music to me is is very spiritual. Um, I've got caught up into songs that that I actually got in trouble. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, the song will be really hot. I call it, you know, meaning that the drummers that were on that drum, they're they're drumming and they're singing was so powerful that that my adrenaline had gotten so high that when I was dancing I didn't realize that you know, I was really blowing past what really what really I could take so when the song was over with I caught myself I couldn't even hardly catch my breath you know because you know it just takes you up you know it's uh so it's it's mostly drum music and uh which all is and uh, uh we have some people that do some flute stuff, but you know, there's no dancing to that. Uh, but like I said, the, the drumming and the singing is just uh, so old, just so powerful. And when uh, you get a good song, it's uh, it's hard not to uh, lose. Uh, you just lose it. You know, I, I, I'm in a different world. Let me just say that. You know, I, I and I tell people that when um, I'm dancing and the song is good, I'm actually praying while I'm dancing. You know, uh, it's it's a prayer for me. And um, regardless how some people uh, see it, or, or it it all, it all attracts people different. So um, if the song is really really good, you know, I'm I'm thinking, I'm really thinking the whole time that I'm stepping, I'm I'm dancing that uh, that uh, you, you know, you give me one more step, you know, just give me one more step. So you've got some music there for us to listen to. This is a song that was done in uh, 2012 at a powwow, and it's uh, by a drum group called Young Spirit, and the, and the name of the song is called Fancy Fan Action. And it's really a kind of a, a women's dance, but it, to me, I would love to dance to it myself. It's just, it's just got some really good singing, and these boys are really, really getting into it when they're playing.
Ronnie, we've seen lots of changes over the last nine months or however long it's been going on for. Have you seen any changes in society that you think are going to stick or that perhaps you hope will stick? Uh, I'm just uh, very hopeful for our future right now, sir, that uh, with this election behind us now and with the uh, with Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, uh, as a new president and vice president, um, I just feel that, you know, it's, it's going to unify our country again, uh, and welcome back into our fold, uh, our allies that, that I so dearly, so dearly, uh, appreciate. And, uh, I've seen some, uh, some positive, uh, outcomes from this election towards the, uh, uh, European, uh, brothers and sisters and, uh, of uh, welcome, you know, wanting to get back into uh, a talk with the United States again, which I'm so I'm so glad because uh, you know we're all into this this world uh, together here, and uh, and we have been friends with one another for many years. Uh, you know, during wars and stuff with y'all's country uh, being uh, beside of us in war, and us beside of y'all, and trying to be uh, good stewards for each other. And uh, so I'm I'm very, very hopeful for this future now that we can get behind of what has happened in the last four years and to get some decency and get some respect back into uh, what uh, what I see as the United States of America not being a, a divided country that we have been for the last four years, but to be unified and to be uh, a union again as one and um, and to and also to be uh, welcoming uh you all back into uh uh our talks and what else it was interesting listening to joe biden the other day um talking about not a president for a blue team not a president for a red team but being a president for the american team like he really um he's so determined to heal this division because that's what we the rest of the world have observed this incredible division unfolding it's been terrifying what from here and um, I'm hopeful that, that um, President Biden, President-elect Biden, I suppose he is at the moment, will have the power um, to be able to heal that rift. Uh, but yeah. and for us, for me as a as a Maori woman, I'm excited that you will have a female woman of colour um, as, as your vice president. That excites me. Well, oh, amazing! Yeah, let me tell you. Let me let me let me punctuate that a little bit more. I said all along, and I told my, my daughters that I have, my children, I said, if Joe picks her up as his running mate, we're going to have a really good chance of winning this election. And, and it's time. It's, it's, it's time for, uh, to women to come to the forefront. Uh, and, and you lose this stigma about, uh, uh, of sex or sexual, I mean, not sexual, the, the, the sex of someone or their, their, their color. And um, so, you know, to uh, for her to come into this was was such a great thing. And I was 120 percent behind her and still am. And I was so glad to see this happening because it needs to happen. It needs to. We need to break this glass and come out with that and and let it be uh, the new future. And also, you know, you see, I saw last night, I saw a lot of young uh uh, parents with their young daughters and stuff that, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a role model, you know, and you look at, you look at the presidential thing as a, uh, as a, a role thing that you want, you know, someone to look up to, not to look down at that we've had in the past four years. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, for her to come out and, and, and run this and win and win, it's just, uh, it's so great for this country. So great. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, ko tāhohau. I hope you're all having a best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope that wherever you are, whatever is happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proven to be very rewarding very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are a triumph of nature's art perfect 
unique and here, making things better. Thank you. So I'm venturing forth out onto the beloved Otago Peninsula right here, right now, as I'm talking to you all. I'm so grateful for these five minutes together each day. Thank you. It's been immeasurably helpful for me over the last few months. I'm very grateful to Sam and the whole Blowing Bubbles team for having me. It's really wonderful. So as I'm heading out here, of course, to the place where I grew up until I was seven, and for me, the peninsula is so enchanted, such a magical place, and I've been very lucky to work out here at the aquarium and live out here again, and then, of course, now that I work at a beautiful Orokunui Eco Sanctuary on the other side of the harbour, I'm living in beautiful Pine Hill, but for all these places, of course, when we reconnect with them, they have so much magic and so much meaning for us, and it's my brother's 21st birthday celebrations today, so of course I'm thinking about being at his birth and seeing him for the first time and how time stood still and I felt that I could hear all these angels singing. I felt in touch with another realm, that eternal realm of course, when I saw him for the first time. And I'm so grateful that driving home that night from the hospital out to the peninsula again, this is when I was 13, I'd come back over from the UK for his birth. I was gazing down into the water, into the sea, and I saw a shooting star reflected on the waves of the sea. So for me, he's always been this miraculous underwater shooting star. And he's always brought great magic with him into the world, as we all do. I've been very lucky, of course, to get to know him more and more over the years. And of course, it's got me thinking about birth and death and, of course, how birth and death are part of, for all of us, our life experience, but how life itself, life force, Modi, is eternal. And we just cycle through, of course, a, a multitude of different forms, all the atoms and molecules that compose our body have been here since the eruption of the universe into being and just cycled over and over through all these different forms. And I feel so lucky that where I'm at right now in my life, I feel that I know who I am and I know why I'm here. I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. But that if for any reason I did die, I did transform into another form of life I would be happy you know I don't want to die I want to live in this form for as long as I can but I feel so grateful to have connected with my true self to be able to share that as much as I possibly can and I'm so grateful for all the connections that I've made so far and I really hope that for you, that you feel that too, that you feel that you're able to connect with your inner universe and bring aspects of it outward to make things better. And I really hope that you feel that whatever is unfolding around you, you feel that connection always with it. And... I'm very grateful for this time that we're sharing together right here, right now. Thank you for having me, and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakiti. I have some questions to end the show with. Yes, sir. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Biggest success for myself or for my country? You can pick either. <laughs> uh, the biggest success is I retire. <laughs> and uh you know that's the biggest success i mean uh uh you know i have been working since i was 16 and uh and i'm i'm 66 now and uh and i'm i didn't think i would enjoy retirement too much 
at first, but I am, you know, because um, I, uh, I don't, man, I don't have to answer to a time clock. I'm good to go. Uh, my outlook for uh, that, I, you know, is for my country to become unified and be united again. And that's my dream right now. That's the, my biggest thing. And, you know, my, my children was worried about me, you know, doing the polls because uh, uh, I have a few uh, pre-existing conditions that I shouldn't have been at that poll area. But it was that important for me to take that chance, you know, and I'm, I take my oath to my country very seriously, even though my country has been um, not the greatest uh, stewards for Native American people and people of color, uh, but I still I still love my country and, and will go and will uh, die for my country and for my oath. And so that that part of it, uh, this, that it might seem small, uh, but uh, you know I was determined that I wanted to be a part of that process and and uh, and ensuring that uh, every vote counts. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in our team. What's the superpower that's got you into the mansion? Okay, well, thank you so much. Very honored. Like I said, I just want to uh, uh, emphasize that, you know, I I would love to come to uh, New Zealand. Uh, I don't know if I could get my my outfit through custom. Uh, They would would probably uh, destroy my stuff pretty much. But I would love to come there and... um, and for, for, for me, and I've watched the uh, videos of the Hawka. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, I've seen that happen. I, I would be, my adrenaline would be like at the top of my head just to be able to dance beside one of those uh, dancers. And, uh, but hopefully, maybe that's, as they say, on your bucket list, you know, uh, maybe one day I can uh, accomplish that at, at peace. And be honored, because I would be very, very, very honored to uh, stand beside uh, uh, the brothers and sisters of the tribes there in that country. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? <laughs> well, I've been sort of an activist since the sixth. You know, I, uh, like I said, you know, I, I, uh, I had my days in the sixties, but I mean, I didn't. Uh, I, I try to keep myself out of trouble, but I, I, I stood up for a lot of things. I got into a lot of problems throughout my years and uh but you know you're not going to accomplish nothing if you sit back and just say you need to try to let it pass you've got to take a stand it's just like bob marlin said you know get up stand up don't forget to fight so you know the thing about that is just that you know you know you, you've got to fight for your freedoms and you got to fight for your rights to keep them and and, and once you in, in this election this year was a prime example of of United States finally saying we want our rights back and we're going to fight for them. And, and the people came out and they voted and um, and they uh, persevered and prevailed. But it's a different sort of rights that you've fought for this time. It's not the, the rights. It's not those so much those individual rights. It, it's much more about the, the rights to, to, to almost to thrive and, and, and to care for each other. It was those sorts of things that were under threat. Well, yes, the dignity and the respect uh, of, of what the United States has been based upon for many years to the other countries and trying to work alongside of them has been lost. Uh, not only that, we were suffering a little bit here in the United States with that too. So yes, uh, but let me emphasize too that that, that we were still fighting for rights, and the, the election right now is a prime example of are still fighting for our rights for our vote. It was going to be, uh, was trying to be taken from us. Uh, and, and if it, if it had changed hands, it would have been that way. So, um, the people of the United States have spoken, you know, and they, and they, uh, and they come out in the millions that actually, uh, Biden has broke all presidential voting records of any president, including Obama. He's gotten more votes than Obama did. He's gotten over 75 million votes compared to Obama's 69. But but that being said, it's just that uh, we were still fighting for our rights and for, for our votes to be counted, and we still are. Uh, we, have, we have a uh, president that was trying to stop the vote, which does not make any sense whatsoever. 
not democratic it's done that way so you know uh yes we are still fighting for that and and we're going to prevail with that and and um so uh that's what the united states was based on and that's how that's what, how it started and that's where we're at so what motivates yeah. you what gets you out of bed in the morning my children i you know um are the main reasons why i'm here sir and uh uh, I, I, they doesn't live with me. They're all grown and they got their own lives and everything. But, uh, you know, I, I've got to still try to set an example for them to follow if they, if they do. And uh, uh, I'm pretty much, you know, I shoot it to them straight about things. I just don't stop. You know, I try to be a level. We talk about things and discuss things. Um, so uh, just um, loving life as it is right now. And, um and uh and I, I you know i'm doing some voluntary work and stuff and um and working at polls and that kind of thing meant a lot to me because i saw what what it really means you know and uh how very delicate our voting process was that could have very easily been taken from us you know you cannot lay down for any of this you cannot so you know i took that stand and i and i and i spent them 18 hours making sure that everyone's rights, including myself, was going to be recognized. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Uh, the advice I would say was just, you know, just unify as a, as a, uh, as a country. You know, uni- unify as a people. You know, regardless of, uh, regardless of any racial uh, division, you know, become one of it because if you, if you kind of sit back and you look at the world as it is, We've got one little home here, okay? We live on this one planet. We've got to, we've got to take care of it. Uh, so, you know, and the only way we're gonna, we're gonna uh, accomplish anything is that we've got to come together as one people and as one union and, uh, and, and, um, help one another be good stewards to each one. Uh, value your family. Uh, value your history. You know, don't lose it. You know, uh, learn as much as you can about it. Uh, because and listen to your old ones you know that's where the wisdom is at uh don't think because you've got and i'm not saying anything about college education is another thing but you know that's great but you can learn more from old ones uh educating you of what really uh matters in a family it's really the roots so my advice to to uh new zealand and, and the and the tribal people is that um just, just be, just come together. Just, you know, come together and and be that one family. And I, that's what I hope for my country. I hope for the same thing. And uh, and uh, like I said, I, I extend my arms of uh, of love to your country and your people and to the tribal people of the, of your country. I, you know, hopefully, like I said, one day that I can stand beside the brothers and sisters there, and and it would uh, it would fill my soul with so much happiness. You know. So, uh, like again, I, I, I thank y'all both so very much. It's been such an honor, and uh, to even, and I hope I've shed some light here, and uh, and I uh, just appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for that, Moira. Ronnie, it's been a joy. Thank you very much for sharing with us today. Um, thank you for your service to your community, to your people, uh, and to your country, and uh, for all the good that you do. And I do look forward to that day where I get to see you here in New Zealand, and I know that day will come. Kia ora. Yeah, it's good to see you for the first time, too, you know. It's really fun. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, taking your time with me, sir, uh, and that's when uh, going through this. Uh, uh, this is very special to me. Uh, it, uh, it means a lot to me. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for joining us. We're going out to Stevie Ray Vaughan. The house is rockin'.
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and in Lynchburg, Virginia, Ronnie Drury. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.